Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on go to Dobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You've covered uh, baseball for a long time. Does anything stick out to you as epically mediocre that you have covered? Like, this is the essence of 81 and 81? Oh, you mean like a team that I have covered? Team or players or just anything that just fits the description of mediocre, like Jeff Fisher as a head coach. Well, I mean, the the immediate thing that jumps to mind is the Cardinals' offense last year. Yes. It was sort of very much middle of the pack and almost every number you looked at, if not a tick below. Um, You know, and, and... both in power and on base percentage, a lot of things. So I guess that would jump out, but the team overall was good, and I think that's what people should keep their the the eye on is that, you know, it doesn't matter how many runs you score as long as you're not giving up a, a whole lot. Speaking of the offense, Mark, uh, we are hoping that the Cardinals have an uptick in offensive production. They've had a an extended offseason working on, on their approach and talking about Jeff Albert's approach as well. Do you have confidence that we are going to see a, an improved Cardinals offense in 2020? Michelle, I have absolutely no idea. Um, you know, the shortened season, I think, plays into this because if guys get off to slow starts, you know, especially you would think of a younger player, but even with older players, I think with Matt Carpenter coming off a bad year, I think that's going to be crucial. If guys get off to a bad start in a 60-game season, I mean, you could see that spiral that people talk about, that downward spiral mentally happen much quicker than you normally would where, you know, a person might wait a month or more. You know, you may not see that. You may not see management have the appetite for a guy struggling. So, it all plays into it, but like in terms of what we'll see from the offense, you have to look at the facts on the ground, and they, were, they just didn't add any offense. You know, I know they got Brad Miller. I don't expect him to you know, hit the equivalent of 45 home runs. So we'll see. I, you know, I think what's in their favor strongly is that so many of those hitters in the lineup had down years career-wise, and, and you can't assume that what happened last year will happen again. I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a, a massive bounce back from Matt Carpenter, for example, who I don't think just forgot how to hit. So, you know, there are signs of optimism, but they're just signs at this point. Anyone who says they know would be lying. Mark Saxon of The Athletic with us on 101 ESPN. And I want to get into some of the things that Jack Flaherty said last night because I love how well-spoken and how thoughtful he is. But I want to start with this because you wrote about the, the idea of him talking about kneeling during the National Anthem. In 2020, is it going to matter? You're not going to have any fans. TV doesn't show the National Anthem anyway. I wonder if the, the anthem will even be played. But if it is, will anybody know if players are kneeling during the National Anthem? Yeah, that's a great point, and he was asked that, and he said, you know, it's quite possible. Randy, on that call, he also said, you know, he's part of this Players Alliance, which it sounds like is a somewhat informal group of, of, I think, mostly black players, if not all black players, former black players. CeCe Sabathia is part of it, Cameron Mabin, some really respected guys. I think Curtis Granderson is involved, 
And they're planning something, Jack said. There's going to be some form of protest. It may not be, as you said, you know, identical to what Colin Kaepernick did. Maybe it'll be just after the anthem when TV does return. But they're aware of um, shifting dynamics, and, and they'll adjust. I think the point is, you know, Jack Flaherty is saying things, and I was thinking about this last night, Randy. I actually wanted to get your thoughts on this. I I don't ever remember a Cardinals player being as outspoken as Jack Flaherty. I don't remember them ever really having this type of a person who will say his feelings on matters, you know, kind of irregardless of the consequences. And then it sort of morphed in my mind as I don't know if it ever would have been tolerated by it, Cardinals it wasn't. management. It, it was Tommy yeah. Pham, and it wasn't. <laughs> Right. And so and then if you go back to the 80s, if you go back to Lou Brock, you know what he went through. And I don't know that he ever expressed any of that. And I I just think that's interesting. That's a big part of it is management's open to us and also society's openness to it and our our region's openness Mm -hmm. to it. So I think that's all involved here. It's not just Jack being Jack. It's Jack feeling empowered to, to to speak his mind on these matters. Mark, we, we're seeing him continue these national conversations about race in America, but we also saw him be very vocal about the players' union and the owners and the issues that were at hand there. So he's been vocal about a lot of things moving forward, Not as you said, irregardless of the consequences. Do you think that there's been some sort of shift in his feeling that he that he can do this or that he wants to speak out because he he wasn't a quiet player before but we had never really seen it to this level where he's speaking out so strongly and so consistently on so many issues well michelle i think that gets to the culture of baseball when you're when you're a rookie you're just not expected to really offer your opinion on anything and I think he was cognizant of that. I think what's fascinating, I don't know if you all read uh, Howard Bryant's piece on, on Bruce Maxwell, but Bruce Maxwell did that as a rookie. I think people sometimes mm-hmm. forget that. That was extraordinary. You know, that, that was a very unique personality to be willing to do that. And I think part of what you're seeing with Jack, my impression with him, you know, he's a Southern California guy. He was raised by a very, you know, open-minded mother who is, you know, encourages him to to be himself and speak his mind. You know, I've met Eileen Flaherty. um, And I think think that, again, he, he feels empowered to it because... The game is now allowing this to happen for the first time in in my entire career of being around the game, which is a pretty long time now. I'm, I'm an old dude. Um, you know, no, you know, no black players would have said some of the stuff that they're saying now because they would have been worried about losing their jobs, or if they're a great player, not losing their jobs but being traded. And so, you know, it, it really it speaks to where we are as a society and where we are in the, in the game. You know. Just to have, you know, every executive in baseball virtually stand up with a Black Lives Matter sign, I mean, that was extraordinary in itself, you Mm -hmm. know, just in terms of where the game has gone. Hey, Mark, let's talk a little bit about Carlos before we let you go. We uh, we had the chance to talk to him last night and to Mike Schilt and John Mozalock. And I want to know if you share my impression that everybody seems to be on the same page with him being on a path towards the starting rotation rather than the closer's role. Yeah, no question. But what we've seen with Carlos is the paths can diverge pretty quickly. 
Um, it's really going to come down to just how his shoulder holds up. You know, like we always want to talk about whether it's a motivational factor, whether it's this or that. 99% of the time, in my experience with pitchers, it's the physical aspect is going to determine what they end up doing. So let's see how he holds up. One of the fascinating things was him saying on that call, Randy, that he threw some kind of simulated game in the Dominican and threw 95 pitches. I'm not sure they want him to be quite that ramped up. <laughs> but I think that speaks to his incredible desire to return to this rotation, and the team seems open to it right now. And frankly, if Carlos Martinez is right, there's absolutely no doubt he needs to be in that rotation, and him with Jack Flaherty, 1-2 at the top of the rotation could be deadly. So if that ends up working out, that's a huge bonus for this team. Mark, we talked about Carlos Martinez, certainly an X-factor this season. You mentioned Matt Carpenter bouncing back. That's another one. But in your opinion, who's another player that could be a major X-factor in the 60-game setup for the Cardinals to have success this year? You know, it's amazing how often, you know, how rarely we talk about him. But the guy, I mean, the best hitter is Paul Goldschmidt. The best player on this team, without a doubt, I think, is Paul Goldschmidt. And we have seen some slippage in some of his important numbers, if you look at it, over the last two or three years with with the strikeouts ticking up, the walks ticking down, the power maybe a tick down. So just seeing whether he can maybe take a stride forward is absolutely crucial for this team because – you need that. You need that real threat in the middle of your lineup, and I think some of the frustration with this offense was there was some depth, but there just wasn't you know that impact you know in the middle of the lineup. Paul Goldschmidt did not have a bad year last year, but if you compare it with some of his years three, four years ago, where he was top two, three, four MVP, you know, year after year, a little different. So. Absolutely, I would say Paul Goldschmidt is the man who everyone's looking for to kind of do Paul Goldschmidt things. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Let me guess. Unknown caller? You could reduce the number of unwanted calls and emails with online privacy protection. The latest innovation from Discover will help regularly remove your personal info, like your name and address, from 10 popular people search websites that could sell your data. And we'll do it for free. Activate in the Discover app. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash online privacy protection. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.